Hello and welcome to Dr. Fitness USA, the show. Exercise is medicine, strength training is stronger medicine. With your host, Batista Gramode and myself, Stephen Hersey, a.k.a. Dr. Fitness USA. By expanding our vision of exercise, we interface it with medicine and business, bridging the gap between fitness, business, and medical professionals. The show is designed to uplift and inspire a world of healthier and stronger people. Click the link to subscribe and never miss an episode because... If your mind can conceive it and your heart can believe it, then Dr. Fitness USA, the show, will inspire you to achieve it. Subscribe now. Hello, everybody, and here we are with another episode of the Dr. Fitness USA show. Today, our guest is the amazing, unbelievable, one-of-a-kind coach, Raja. He is a triple talent, science for the mind, karate for the body, and music for the soul. His better launch of black belt mind shift mastery yielded a 100% success rate in guiding clients to face their fears and find their success. After 37 years of teaching martial arts, he discovered a pattern in teaching white belt mind lock to achieve black belt mind shift. I can't wait to hear about that. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's fun. And he translates that into business, life, and relations. Now he's a professional speaker who keynoted TEDx, Johnson & Johnson, won Toastmasters International Speech Competition area twice, is a multiple black belt hall of fame, starred in the Marshallist movie, and his best-selling book, Ultimate Speaker, is about to go on the New York Times billboard in Times Square. Wow. All of this, check this, despite a lifelong stutter to prove to you that any obstacle can be overcome with the right mind shift. Are you ready for your mind shift? <laughs> Welcome, Coach Roger. We're so excited. Woo-hoo! That was beautiful. <laughs> A ring of the victory bell for you. And, you know, I always joke around to people like that, uh, you know, from the fighting city of Philadelphia to kickboxing, opera singing, cancer scientists from Philly, Rocky Balboa has got nothing on me. Rajavadia. So thank you, Batista. Your life is just one thing after another of accomplishment. So tell us, how did you get into mind shift coaching? Mind shift mastery really was a dovetailed after my car accident in 2015. Uh, I was in a head-on car crash, smashed the windshield, and you, if you look closely right here, I lost a chunk of hair, and I have some scars right here. So uh, I had glass in my head for six months. I ha- I couldn't turn my head to the left for two and a half years. During this time, I had to work full-time. I barely had time off from work, and I only took one day off from my own karate school to come in and tell the students personally, we're taking a few days off 
and I'll be back next week after I heal. This whole idea about mind shifting is about understanding what you have available right in front of you and understanding that it is not a wall, it is a speed bump. And a lot of people out there, they look at strength training or they look at physical fitness and they I can't do that. I went to the gym, I tried it for three days, I was so sore, I stopped. I said, well, then you gave up because you didn't really stop. It wasn't too hard. I say the same thing to people, not to be offensive to anybody who ever tried karate for a few months and then quit. And then they come back and say, yeah, it was boring. It wasn't for me. I'm like, no, the karate wasn't boring. You were boring because actually it is one of the best uh, ways of training in the world because very few sports combine the uh, strength training, agility, cardiovascular training, and flexibility as well as the mental fitness of what it takes to become a black belt. So can you tell us how you got started? Definitely. So we got to go back a ways, uh, 1985. <laughs> this is the year I got picked on a lot because of my stutter. And so uh, that year I had watched the Karate Kid. Here I kind of identified with this kid that he had moved from his home state to another state. I had just moved to a new school too. He got picked by, by bullies because he was a new kid. I got picked on my bully because he was a new kid. He found karate as the vehicle to change his life. And when I saw that and I saw the way that the movie played out, I thought, oh my God, why don't more people understand this? I saw it now. I, it, it Something clicked and I knew it. That was the mind shift that I had that karate is not an activity. It's not a hobby. It is a life-changing event. And so if you treat it like a life-changing event, those are the results you get. If you treat it like a hobby, you get hobby results, just like everything. It took me two and a half years and I pre-tested for a black belt. I knew that that black belt test was a joke. So I went and talked to my master about it and I asked him, uh, excuse me, sir, uh, I, I thought this test was not right. It just felt like a class. We had to pay $100 for a pre-test. And he looks at me like very disdainly, looks down at me, Roger. You don't know what you're talking about. Go back to class. And he had this very rough, deep Korean accent. And I was just heartbroken because I realized I had come to one of those bad schools where it's, it's just a belt factory. You come in, you do three months, get a belt. Three months, get a belt. Three months, get a belt. That is not what I wanted. So I did what any 13-year-old would do. A week before my black belt test, everybody's telling me, you better make that test. You're going to get your black belt. You're going to be awesome. You're going to be amazing black belt. <laughs> I quit. I quit one week before my black belt test. Now ask me why. Why did you quit? You wanted more, I suppose. Tell me more. <laughs> the reason is the belt was not what I wanted. I wanted to be a black belt. The black belt is a result of you becoming a black belt inside. I understood this from a very young age. And at 13 years old, I knew what most 30-year-olds uh, didn't understand is that the belt doesn't make me. I make the belt. So I quit that karate school and I joined another one. Uh, one of my friends had quit that school and joined a new school and said, Roger, you, 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 you got to try this school. So I joined there. And as a result, that instructor, Mr. Pope, who's been fantastic and really guided me correctly all these years, he became my second teacher and really my true mentor and friend and martial arts mentor throughout this whole journey. I'm the first six-degree black belt in my school's history. 
and I'm up for my seventh degree grandmaster rank soon. And that's up to my teacher. I don't ask for that. So that mind shift, understanding that the belt is secondary to your skill set. It, it takes about 10,000 hours of training to, to master a new skill, whether it's playing piano or you're trying to uh, shoot a free throw, right? Like LeBron James or all of these things come with the mindset of, did you train harder than the person next to you? And more importantly, did you improve the person you were yesterday? And that is the biggest thing I can teach people is that it, it doesn't happen overnight. Rome was not built in a day. The idea that, that, that like uh, a Japanese philosophy of Kaizen, where you're doing incremental improvement every single day, here we translate it as the 1% improvement daily. But it's the same thing. It's, it's the Kaizen ideology of constant incremental improvement and optimization. There's a reason why, even though I switched to a new school, I became one of the fastest black belts they ever had because I overtrained. I trained more than anybody else. So I would come home from school, take the bus. I'd go there five, six days a week, train for three or four hours, and it made a difference. Black belt truly is only one step of a gigantic mountain. So you reach one plateau, you can relax for a few minutes, but keep on training to keep on improving. Because you are black belt as long as you are a practicing black belt. When you stop, that's when you start losing it. And it's okay sometimes if you have an injury or if you need a break or, you know, if you need some rest, that's okay. You know, but have it be strategic rest so you can train harder the next time. A lot of people don't know about strategic rest. And people think, especially growing up in the 80s and, and the 90s, everything was all about no pain, no gain. Everything was be a tough guy. And later on, you realize, yeah, that's one attitude, but it's not the best attitude for longevity. This whole philosophy of going from a white belt mind lock, it was really about unlocking my idea that it's not about beating other people. It was about beating who I was the day before. And that's how I kept training and kept improving. Would you say that mindset helped you with your stutter? In some ways, yes. Uh, because the main thing I think that people don't realize is when a person like me has a stutter and you, know, you feel so vulnerable and so exposed and you can't do anything to stop it. And you have to just trust in the goodness of people. And people are not always nice. People try to be. They try to be polite. But when you see very clearly what I see, you see people rolled eyes. They start turning their bodies away. And they try to get out of the conversation so they don't have to talk to that guy who takes too long to talk. You know. Plus, on top of that, when you're speaking, your voice here, it's almost like putting your foot on the gas and the foot on the brake at the same time. So you're grinding your vocal cords when you're trying to talk and it's hard to get it out. And that struggle, that constant grinding of your vocal cords actually physically exhausts you. So someone who has to talk a lot, who has a, who has a speech impediment, who, who has a lot of blocks like that, it's physically exhausting. Mm -hmm. And it makes it hard to talk. And you can also get a sore throat from it. I, that's happened to me before too. So sometimes you just say, you know what? I've talked enough today. That's it. I don't want to talk anymore. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, then you get this, get this 
reputation of either being the quiet kid or the snob because you won't answer back. Right? And neither are correct because it's like, God, if I could talk more, I would. You know, in fact, I, I always joke around, this is God's way of slowing me down because otherwise I'd probably talk too much. The, the question is the stuttering. Was this yeah. something that you were born with? Or as you aged, it started to develop. And uh, when this developed, how did you change your mindset or work on it? Because as we speak today, you are magnificent in your speech and your expression. I'm much better now. The mindset from that is really about when I was younger, I hated myself because of it. I thought that it was my fault. I thought I did something wrong. So I was about seven years old, maybe six or seven years old. Uh, is when they started to diagnose it. And they said, that's when I started speech therapy. So since I was six years old, I've been in speech therapy my, my whole life. At that time, I don't think they understood it as well because they thought that because of my speech, they thought that I was mentally retarded. So they put me in all of the retarded classrooms as well. And now I didn't mind because I just, I just thought I just made a whole bunch of new friends. But when it came test time and I noticed... I was getting really, really, really high marks. I was getting hundreds on everything, and a lot of my other friends were not. I realized, wait a second, something's wrong here. I don't know if I'm in the right place. I had to fight for my life just to be accepted as normal. And that's the thing I think people don't realize. Because of my speech impediment, people thought that something was wrong with me. There wasn't anything wrong with me. They just didn't understand me yet. So throughout the years, I had to fight myself with grades. I found out if I just got better grades than everybody else, then they would start paying attention. They would show me more respect. I still couldn't talk, right? And sometimes a kid would take turns picking on me, say, Roger can talk next. Roger can read the next paragraph in the book. Oh, Roger can stand up and, and give the book report. So they take turns doing that to tease me. And there's nothing else you can do about it otherwise, except deal with it, put up a strong face and face that fear and try to get up there and just try not to, you know, fall apart and cry. So uh, at some point, I remember around fifth, sixth grade, they started to realize my grades were much higher than the average student. And in sixth grade, I had the highest math and science grade, not only in my class, but in the entire sixth grade. So then they finally upgraded me to all the advanced classes. And then, and finally in ninth grade, most of my friends, they were in the, uh, in the uh, gifted program in the high school and i just thought you know what how come i'm not in there how do i how do i change the course of my life here how do i change my destiny so i talked to my teachers then the teachers told me to talk to the guidance counselor the guidance counselor said i don't know if we can do that you have to talk to the principal i talked to the principal alone he said he didn't think it was possible so then i called my dad and my dad came in so my dad talked to the principal and then they were complaining well this isn't done normally. I said, so? First time for everything? What's the problem? They said, oh, well, it's not done, and I don't know if the, the, the school funding will pay for the test. I said, so? So for a couple of dollars, you're going to hold back my whole life? I said, I'll pay for it. And my dad looked at me kind of like, Roger, quiet. <laughs> I was a little bit of a smartass, too. <laughs> and, but, but, but you know what, though? It felt like 
obvious answer was right in front of us. Why don't you see it? When I got my IQ test back, they said, whoa, yeah, you are in the wrong place, Roger. We need to put you in, in, in the gifted program. And so since then, since ninth grade, second half of ninth grade, I was the only student in high school to push the school to actually give me a IQ test so that I can actually join the gifted program. And I don't know if anybody's ever done that since then, but uh, that's why for the longest time, I didn't trust teachers because a lot of them I thought didn't have my best interests at heart. I think they just, a lot of them just wanted to go through the motions, get through the school and just be done with their day. But then once I relaxed, I got into my right place, I realized the teachers have a hard time too, right? So that understanding also is that they were doing what they thought they were allowed to do. They had a closed mindset and it was up to me to show them, not to force them with like, like a hammer hitting a nail, more like taking a light and shining a light on their blind spots that they didn't know were there. And that's the way that I educate people is that I don't want to hurt or put down anybody. I'm not smarter than anybody. I don't have an ego and I used to. And I realized later on in life that what? That ego really got in the way of making connections with people. Mm -hmm. So I evolved. So that mindset training that I kind of learned along the way after my accident, that's when I really started reading and going to masterminds and having coaching and training programs. I joined Toastmasters and now five years later, I'm a really good speaker. And you hear the end result of five years of training and you hear me now speaking imperfectly still, but also pretty good, a lot better than I used to. And as a result of that, now people say, wow, you're so inspiring. I'm like, I don't know what I did that's inspiring. I'm trying to survive. That's it. That's I'm inspiring. Just trying to survive. <laughs> you know, <laughs> so <laughs> you have to survive, you know, calling up Domino's Pizza. Can I order a pepperoni pizza? And they hang up on you, <laughs> you know, and you know, it sounds funny, but when you're a teenager, that's crushing because it's, these are these kind of things that Hollywood portrays as a stigma about people who have speech impediments. Mm -hmm. So one thing I want to do is I want to change corporate policies in big corporations to protect people with speech disfluencies because they think that we are mentally have an illness just like the schools used to think. And the second thing is in Hollywood, I've noticed almost 99% of the m movies out there, they portray someone with a speech impediment either as the villain or the fool. So if you look at a lot of the movies out there, you look at uh, uh, A Fish Called Wanda, you look at uh, My Cousin Vinny, uh, what else? Even the most recent Star Wars, uh, uh, Mr. Del Torres was playing the character who had a, a, a bit of a speech impediment, a lisp. He ended up being the villain and you know, cheating, cheating on the good guys. Why is it always like that? If, even at South Park, there's a uh, character named Timmy in cartoons. You know, he's both handicapped in a wheelchair and he has a stutter. Like, what, what's the point of that? I don't mm -hmm. understand that. So growing up, seeing those are the examples for me that, is that who I am? That's not me, you know? And I challenge everyone out there to start thinking and seeing the world a little bit differently. Because my goal here is not only to educate you about mindset and mind shifting and learning how to empower your, your own health and your consciousness, but to step into your power and understand that
by you showing compassion and understanding to others makes you powerful too. Can anyone create that mind shift? You have to go outside the box. And what that means by that is that right now, everybody's in a box of fear. Everybody's stuck in their box of their small mind. And until you break out of that box and get uncomfortable, you're going to be stuck there for a long time. So you have to break out of that box of fear that's made by you or society or your family or your culture, your upbringings or your friends or your coworkers that are trying to keep you down. They have this scarcity mindset that only one person can get promoted, right? So they want to keep you down so that they can get promoted. Well, instead of that, what if you're the person that gives more and is seen as the real leader in the group because you're helping? That's uncomfortable. It's a little scary. It feels like you're, you're going to give up your power, but actually what's happening is you're becoming the leader. And second thing is I would always advise everybody is that, the, listen to this, Tiger Woods had four or five golf coaches. Mike Tyson, he had a boxing coach. Michael Jordan, he had coaches. LeBron James, he, even though he's one of the best current basketball players in the world, he trains at 3.30 in the morning with his coach training the basics it's the basic that's built the foundations for everything else we can do the more fun stuff later but right now this is the key things that are important so yes that mindset is it's all about you know starting to break out of that fear and getting a coach that can guide you to that success Dr. Fitness USA's vision is to create a stronger, healthier society of people enjoying vibrant health, unshakable self-confidence, and a sculpted body they'll fall in love with. Our custom-tailored formulas act as the GPS to your ultimate transformation so you can reach your destination faster and safer without injury. The Feminine Body Design program teaches a woman the art of strength training from a female perspective and helps her achieve the feminine physique she always dreamed of having. The Design Formula program teaches men to achieve a sculpted manly physique without injuries. Seniors can tap into the fountain of youth, get a new lease on life, rebuild their strength and eliminate aches and pains. Those with injuries learn to rehabilitate them, recover mobility, and relieve back, neck, shoulder, and knee pain. Now, with working with Steven, just in, what, four workouts, I think, so far, if that, um, I have no pain in my knees like I used to. Suddenly a quietness in the mind, clarity. I mean, I don't have back pain anymore. It's amazing. It's just really amazing. I'm Bernie Dorman. I'm founder and chairman of CO Space International, and I so endorse Dr. Fitness for leaders with that better life. He does the inside and the outside to make sure you're the best leader you can ever be. And yesterday was already too late to say yes. If your mind can conceive it and your heart can believe it, then Dr. Fitness USA can help you achieve it. Can you talk a little bit about the physical health? benefits of staying strong, flexible, that physical aspect of the longevity and oh, health side. Of absolutely. So now, 
when here's the kind of the four part system that I kind of believe in now. Uh, we got to do strength training. You have to do cardiovascular training. You have to do flexibility training. And with those three, that's really going to cover you for most things. Now, the other thing I talk about is mindfulness training, meaning being able to reduce stress and being able to increase your focus. So, so one part of it is strength training. Now, every martial arts will tell you, you don't need to look like a bodybuilder in order to do karate. That's true. You don't. But you do need a minimum amount of strength training. So if you can't do one push-up, guess what? You're not going to go to karate or any sport. You know, it doesn't mean you have to do 100. But you got to be able to do at least a, some amount. Now, okay, you need an education about how to train your body. And, and you two are the experts. So I'm not going to say that I know everything. But here's, here's what worked for me. Three main core exercises I try to do every time I go to the gym right now especially as I'm aging, I want to do synergistic growth of different multiple multiple muscle groups. So I always try to do squats, deadlift, and bench. Next up is cardiovascular. Now, we talked about your heart muscle is not the same as your skeletal muscle or your smooth muscle. Your, your heart muscle has something called uh, intercalated discs, and it actually is a striated muscle. People uh, don't realize is that that stroke volume can change over time by improving uh, the strength of your cardiac muscle. So how do we do that? So, so what you need to do is you need to raise your heart rate. They say that your maximum heart rate rate when you're training is 220 minus your age. Now, I don't know how accurate that is, but that's just one way to kind of measure that. It's just a quick and dirty way. So say if you're, uh, you know, 20 years old, your maximum heart rate should be 200, no more. If you're 50 years old, your maximum heart rate should be 170, no more. You know, the hardest part about cross-training is that you have to give yourself an opportunity to rest. Do you think that as a person becomes physically more fit and stronger physically, that it also affects their, their mind? Absolutely. I'll give you two examples. Number one, sir... Richard Branson, when he, you know, he's a self-made uh, billionaire. You know, he owns uh, Virgin Atlantic and plus a uh, uh, hundred other small companies and everything. So he's a self-made person. So when he was in an interview once, people asked him about like, what is the one thing that made him so successful? And everybody thought he was going to say marketing or reading or, 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 or sales or whatever, something like that. And he said, exercise. And they all looked at him as like funny. It's like, what? What do you mean exercise? And he told them, well, by me being physically fit, not only does it help me sleep better, I eat better, I focus better. And then at the end of the day, after everybody else has been working 16 hours a day, 18 hours a day, I have a strong body, I have a strong mind. My mind is still focused and sharp while they're getting tired. I have a, I have a business advantage because I have a stronger body. Teaching all these exceptional students. Mm -hmm. How do you avoid cringing when the parents show up and they have an exercise a day in their life? You show them. You want to help your child succeed? You should also start training too. And I, you know, and I've challenged some of my uh, some of my students' moms to come to my kickboxing classes. So they will work out. Now all of a sudden, you know, the, the, the like mother and the daughter are training together at the same time. What a fantastic bonding experience they 
you know, it's sort of like that war buddy bond. You know, they've been through the trenches. They know what it feels like. They have that experience. And, you know, nothing builds com camaraderie like, like just kind of breaking a sweat over something that you thought you couldn't do. So when people say, oh, I don't have time, I'm so busy. No, you're not. You're, you're, you're too busy sleeping when you should be training. And you can sleep more sound and better by training first and then sleeping an hour less. And your body will adapt. Your body will get stronger as a result of it. And not only will you reap the benefits of all of the strength training, all the cardiovascular training, the flexibility training, and the like mindset training, but all of that overlaps and you keep building and building and building and building and you keep going. And when you keep doing that, people don't realize because you improved yourself 1% from the day from who you were the day before and no one else is doing that by the time six months go by or a year goes by you've actually out trained someone else by two years or three years or four years because you are consistent and consistency beats intensity most of the time right so i tell all my clients all the time you know don't fake it till you make it Instead, believe it and become it. Because every champion was a champion in their own mind before, before everybody else realized that they are a champion. Why did you write the book, Hug a Bully? So that is in the works right now. And uh, what that's about is my journey growing up when I was a kid, getting picked on and bullied and, and being beyond bullied, terrorized. In two weeks, I go to my high school 30th year uh, reunion. And I have a book coming out that is a bestseller, and I, it's going on a New York Times billboard. And my next book, I want input from all of you to be stars in my book, too. What was your experience with bullying as a child? How did it change as a grown-up? What do you teach your children now about bullying? So now, 30 years later, we can find out what is the cycle of bullying and are we stopping it? That's why hug a bully is so important, is that we can now stop the cycle of bullying. And this is something else to go out to all, all of the school administrators out there. The whole policy of, oh, zero tolerance for bullying and fighting, well, that doesn't really help anybody. You basically punish two people rather than one. You know, and what that does is that puts the power back into the hands of the bully. That 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 uh, uh, bullying mentality, you know, it destroys lives. It really does. It changes people into being something that they're not, and it and it and it stops their potential. I luckily was a person who reacted to posit positively to stress. I used a way to make that stress and turn it into something positive. Not everybody can do that. I want people to understand that bullying is wrong and that we need to hug the bully to find out why they are bullying. Because everybody says that bullying is a bad guy or the bad girl. They're the bad person. Well, have you ever stopped to think, why do they bully? That's amazing that you are going to be able to actually speak to those who were bullying you at That's the right. time and have that amazing. So we've talked a lot about the power of exercise and a strong body to help with a mindset shift. Mm -hmm. So when you work with your clients, how do you incorporate that aspect? Here's what I tell them, okay? The 
stop thinking about exercise as an extra thing where actually exercise is incorporated into their daily lives. So because if you aim for perfection, all right, here's my new program. I'm going to train seven days a week for, for 180 days and I'm going to eat uh, 500 calories a day and I'm going to lose 150 pounds in, in 10 days. You're, you're, no, no, you're setting yourself up for failure. Why do you have to punish yourself to be healthier? You can be healthier and happier along the way. And one of those mind shifts that I'm going to tell you right now, then this will be very helpful to your clients as well. Shift the word that instead of saying, I'll be happy when I finish my goal. Instead of that, you say, I'll be happy while I'm going to my goal. I was very achievement oriented. I wanted to get to the goal, get to the, to the, get to the finish line, get to the straight A's or get to whatever the goal was. And I did it. It was a lot of hard work, but I also cut myself off from emotions and relationships along the way. Instead, what I learned later on is that what a better way of life is to say, what I'm happy while I'm in training to get there. Because now you just increase your happiness by 99%. That's a happier way to live and your body's healthier that way too. You're going to release more endorphins. You're going to sleep better. You'll be happier. And, and actually, studies have shown when you're smiling more, it actually boosts your endorphins. You're, you're happier. You have less cortisol, cortisol in your body so that you have uh, less of that stress hormone. So now, you're more, you're more focused at work and you also sleep better. All of these things that you think that health doesn't matter. Oh, well, I, I, I don't have time to go to the gym. Not true. You can't afford to not go to the gym. You need to go to the gym because it, at the end, it'll probably work out about the same amount of time that you sleep. But that mm -hmm. extra time that you exercise and train and help yourself is going to change your life forever. You talk about exercise. If they wanted to improve their skill set, the value of a me of a mentor and doing it really in a uh, progressive way. Well, yes, to be successful, you need a, a mindset. Yeah. But the second part that is overlooked is environment. Yeah, you need to be in the right environment. And the third thing is that they actually need to be educated or they have a business plan or a mentor. And I know how fit you are. I know how you, you and Batista, how uh, uh, strong you both are uh, just physically and, and mentally with what you do and how you coach your uh, clients in fitness. And I can't wait to work with you guys in the future as well, because I want to take this dad bod and turn into a hot pot now. <laughs> and it's one of those things where I say, you know what, like people have this myth that, uh, well, it's too hard or coaching is too expensive. I say, well, what's the alternative? The alternative is in 12 months or in five years or 10 years, you're in the same place or worse. Mm -hmm. Diabetes type two is killing people over 40. It's a silent killer. It actually stops your heart. It's one of the reasons why people have heart attacks. So people don't realize that. Plus, not to mention a different kinds of kinds of like a diabetic neuropathies. That high blood sugar also affects your nerves. People lose limbs from it. They lose fingers. They lose toes. They lose feet. They lose legs and arms from it. So part of understanding what a coach does for you is that you want to find a coach that is has already been 
where you want to go. So the definition of a leader is someone that you follow who has gone where you want to go. So if you were going through a minefield and you're part of an army, you know, you want to you want the person that's been through that minefield before and can tell you, okay, don't step there. Don't step there. Okay, that's a safe spot to step, right? And that's what a coach does. Because on this highway of life, there's a lot of potholes. You want someone that's been there that can show you, all right, avoid this road, avoid this pothole, and it helps you to reduce the amount of problems you have. It helps to speed up your success, and it also saves you time, energy, and money. You know, think about that. You can figure out all this stuff. You can go on YouTube and try to figure out all this stuff, and in five years, you'll still be more confused than you were now, right? Or you can find a mentor and a coach that's actually done what you want to do, and then that will speed up your results, right? Because money loves mastery. So if you want to be a master at anything, start doing those 10,000 hours and start to master a skill. Uh, Raja, what would be the three takeaways that you could tell us? Certainly. So here's what I would say. The number one thing is that you have to break out of your comfort zone. Everybody feels comfortable. Your body is hardwired to stay in a comfort zone. So get busy getting uncomfortable because if you stay comfortable for too long, you're just going to stay there your whole life. That's the first thing. So break out of that box of fear, get uncomfortable because on the other side of that uncomfortableness, that's where your success lies. That's one. Second strategy is really just understand that that incremental growth is fast growth. People think, I don't want to do 1% a day. That's so slow. Really? Because if you think about it, 1% a day after three months is almost 90%. You're almost 100% better than you were in the beginning. So a lot of people think that 1% growth is slow. It's actually not. It's actually very fast. Because what do most people do? They don't grow at all. They get a 0% every day. And what do I say to my clients? Try not to get a 0 two days in a row. You can get a 1% every day, a couple days, and then one day either you're sick or you're tired or, or, or you miss it because you have to take your daughter to orchestra rehearsal in the morning so you miss the gym. It's okay. You don't punish yourself for that. Just don't take two zeros two days in a row. That's all. Now all of a sudden, you're still successful because you don't have to have seven out of seven days in order to be a success. You can be three out of seven days and be a success. Consistency beats intensity, right? Mm -hmm. That's step two. And strategy number three, and this I think you know and I know, find a coach or a mentor that has done what you want to do. Not someone that talks about it. If there's a weakness in your life, if your weakness is finances, go get a financial advisor, a good one. Don't ask your brother-in-law. That's not good advice. Maybe it is. Maybe he's a millionaire. I don't know. But if he's not, he may not know all of the tricks and strategies that someone who does it professionally will be able to teach you. If your advice is is in strength training, you know, I'm I'm going to Steve. My gosh, you know, Steve and Dr. Fitness USA, friggin' fantastic. I can't wait to learn from him. Do I want to be a professional bodybuilder? No. But I do want my wife to look at me and think I'm sexy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, have some fun, right? And then I want to be 
I want to be fit. I want to so that my kids, I can keep up with my children. Right now, I can feel it. So it's about finding the right coach and asking the right questions. What have you done? Who have you impacted? You know, what is your real experience? Because there's plenty of hype out there on the internet. Don't follow hype. Ask for results. You're not being rude by asking for results. Because when you do that, you will find the right coach. Because in the right coast, coach will not be upset for you asking the right questions. You will actually impress them. Not only will you have found the right coach, the coach will have found the right student. I understand you have a gift or gifts for our listeners. Oh, certainly. So you will find uh, two gifts. One is my workshop that's called uh, Speaker Confidence. They say that the hardest thing to do in the world is to make something simple to understand it. Everybody tries to complicate things. Not everybody knows how to simplify things, and that's why this works. So that is your first gift. So please make sure you take advantage of that. And our second gift, the one thing that I really am so proud of, is that I normally charge $297 for this, and I want to make sure that you are all prepared for this. This is the five mind shift hacks of a world champion. This is my journey going from 16 years old to 18 year old. The mind shifts I had, and I teach others now, even looking back at that experience, is about what it took for me to become, to go from a world champion to an Olympic qualifier. And that's what a lot of people fail at, is that they have the potential for sure but they have the wrong attitude and that's why they don't win in the race that they want to win. And this will help you with that. So those two gifts, please take advantage of those. And if you're confused about where to get them, uh, right behind me, victorymindsetacademy.com. You can also get a free fast action mind shift course from there as well. And, you know, 15 minutes to help you in health, wealth, mindset, faith, and family. So that way you can start to become the next best version of you. I'm so excited for the audience to get your wisdom. Is there any last words from anybody? I want to leave you all with one thing. And that is that my mindset journey was not easy. And it was made difficult because I didn't have the support of the people around me. Uh, whether you are starting your own business, whether you're starting a new hobby, whether you're starting a new health journey, in the beginning, generally, most of the time you're alone. Get used to that. And it's okay. But being alone doesn't mean that you're lonely. Because there are people that will support you. Your coach will support you. The people that are in your fellow program will support you. If you get into a networking group or a mastermind group or a Facebook group where people are like-minded, and they will support you. And all of a sudden, what you're going to realize is that you had more supporters than you ever realized. There's one of my favorite quotes by Les Brown, uh, who's a very, very, very famous leadership expert and a, and a motivational speaker. He says that the problem with most people is not that they aim high and they miss, it's that they aim low and they hit. So a lot of people dream small. I want you to change your mindset now and dream big, my friends. Dream big. Let's dream big. Thank you so much. And until next time, bye-bye. Bye-bye.